I'm just gonna feel the room. Leadership style, stuff like that. Just, yeah. We'll just talk. It's okay. Fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, now that we've been recording for seven minutes. Beep, beep. Okay, hold on. I wanna wait till it's in the You guys are making moment. me nervous. <laughs> All right. We'll be fine. Okay, I'm ready. In three, two, one, action. Hello and welcome to Fade In, the show where we talk about the movies we watch and the movies we make. I'm Tess. And I'm Chris. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about tips for producers on set and uh, pre-production, post-production, all sorts of stuff with a very special guest. But uh, first, we're going to be going to our opening segment. We'll be talking about what we have been watching. Uh, and we will bring in our, our special guest. You'll hear him in a second, but we're not going to introduce him until until the main segment. So it, if you can figure out who he is, he was on the podcast season one. <laughs> wow, that was a long Yeah, that was a long, that was a long time. I should really just write myself a script. Uh, you sure you don't want to just... Like at least say your first name so that people right, that, can attach something <laughs> we could to do, a nebulous voice. We can do that. The, the nebulous voice that you don't know the name of is Dave Distinti. Hello, everybody. There you go. There you go. The whole mystery has been revealed. Yeah. Okay. There we go. But we'll uh, we'll give you guys more info on him in our main segment. But we're gonna have him here for our what have you been watching because he's been watching interesting stuff too. Have I? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. That's that's hurricane the part of... coverage. That's what I've been watching. Stay yeah. tuned to find out on stay, Fade In. Stay tuned to find dun, out. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, what have you been watching? So, I'm gonna cheat a little bit, um, but Me only too. a little bit. Me too. Because We're do that. Um, I've been I've been prepping for a for a certain uh, future uh, thing that we're shooting. So I've been I've been playing this this game uh, called Batman: The Telltale Series and. Although it's a video game, it's basically like an interactive TV show where like you play as Batman and you like have choices of dialogue that you can you can use. And it's it's like really fun. Like there's like there was a moment where I had to approach the mayor and I didn't know if he was corrupt. And it was like, do I want to approach as Batman and like intimidate him? But at the same time, like. Uh, the public image of Batman might sway, or do I want to approach approaches Bruce, and it will be harder to get my information. But at the same time, like the Bat- heroic image of Batman will be preserved, <laughs> uh, and like it's it's fun choices like this, and it's really cool stuff that they're doing with the universe. It's because um, what they've done with the series, they're taking a very unique take on Batman. A lot of the the traditional tropes that that batman has they've like sort of said we're not gonna do that like like penguin is Mm -hmm. is not like a short ugly guy with a monocle no he's like a (laughs) yeah he's like a tall suave guy who's like really handsome and talks about revolution a lot and so like they have but do they call him the penguin still yes oh okay good so i feel like that's more like les mis and like jean valjean it's 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 really (laughs) fun It's really fun, especially for me, because like sort of everything turning into series like movies have cinematic universes shows mm-hmm. uh, sh- each episode is getting longer. So like with this, they're just going, oh, we're just going to have this one show that's going to be isolated and it's our take on Batman, which I can really appreciate because I know all right, it's it's this one thing. I don't have to watch anything else. I just, I just watch this one game and mm-hmm. I, I make my choices. The story builds on it. There's some cool moments. And 
and and that's it. Like, there's no like, oh, and then check out the Flash, and it's like, no, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many. It kind of sounds like The Sims, like that that video game, The Sims, where you like control the people, and they like. Although that's more interactive. Well, Sims. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's it's a long time ago. You, yeah, I remember the Sims because I'm from a long time ago. Yeah. So it's it's very cinematic in in the way it's presented, and it's a lot like you just play as Bruce, and like there's things where like certain choices make certain like change your relationships with characters. Um, like for example, in this game, Harvey Dent is like this really upstanding guy who's running for mayor, and you have to like the you have the choice to like really stick with him and like supply him with funding as Bruce, or you can like go corrupt and support the old mayor and like get yourself yourself stuff out of it. Now I have to ask you a question about yes. this. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask a question, yeah. but I will. Yeah. How does this apply to our upcoming workshop? Um, it it doesn't really. It's just more. I just want to okay. like surround myself with the with the feel of Batman because it it relates to just like the the look and the greediness and like So you want to tone. immerse yourself into the world of Batman yeah. in order to get you into when we get to the workshop right. which I guess we'll like Well, we could talk about that a little bit later, but, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh plot twist, Chris is Batman? Maybe that's why I this is happening. <laughs> I'm a little worried right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, He's going rogue. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> open the closet and there's like a life-sized no, man I'm suit. Batman costume, yes. Yeah. Don't worry. The, the workshop isn't going to have like a giant gunfight or yeah. anything. It's yeah. it's just like. That hasn't stopped us um, before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From having a gunfight? That's yeah. true. That, that is it's true. just like, yeah, research in the world and like okay. because of like legalities we're, we're, we sort of have to put our own spin and take on this universe. So seeing somebody else do it, like, sort of presents me with more options. And like, oh, here's one way they did it. That's, like, okay. similar to what I we're doing it. in the sure. pre-production phase right now. Okay. Yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's what yeah. I've been watching. And it's it's really cool. Batman, the Telltale series. Like, All right. Yeah. Cool. 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 So, uh, so, Dave, what have you been watching? Well, I've been watching a lot of hurricane coverage because that's what I have been directing lately is <laughs> oh, hurricane God. coverage. Yeah. So I, you know, it's crazy. I don't have an opportunity to really watch a lot of TV like during the week. I know <laughs> you guys have talked TV. about, oh, well, cause I direct it, but <laughs> I, you, you guys, I guess you talked about game of Thrones last week. Yeah. That is the only time during the week, the one hour and change yeah. on a Sunday night that I watch. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm too tired when I come home and I talk um, to my family. Just, just really quickly, um, give the listeners just a little bit of context as to oh. what you mean by I've been watching Hurricane coverage. Oh, all right. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a director at ABC News. And uh, actually, the hurricane coverage really picked up on Friday mm-hmm. uh, when Hurricane Harvey came ashore on uh, Texas's shores um, right. or shore. But uh, I also directed like two hours of eclipse coverage oh, yeah. in the beginning of the week. So, but everything's just been all news. So, but to watch anything that has any entertainment value, not saying news does. I mean, the eclipse had some entertainment value. I I just, it's funny when I sit down to watch TV, uh, generally either have Game of Thrones, like that's what I want to watch. And then it's like, okay, I might do some channel surfing. And then I find myself going to YouTube to find some like behind the scenes videos for movies. And that's it. Oh, and then I watch a movie each Saturday night (laughs) or almost every Saturday night. Really? Yes, the family. We sit down and we watch the we watch a movie. 
last week's uh, sorry last week's <laughs> movie was um alien uh what's the covenant is it the one with Sigourney Ooh, Weaver? Or is no, it the second? No, no, no. This is Ooh. it's not even the second, like the sixth, right? Ooh, it's the latest oh one. Oh my god. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Was it it was actually okay. You know, uh, I, I know you're hardcore, like, you know, movie people. I know, I know. But, you know, Prometheus, I'm of average intelligence, right? Now my friends <laughs> I consider to be above average. We all went to go see Prometheus. We walked out of there and I'm like, man, I had no idea what I just saw. And they were just as clueless. So me I know too. it wasn't me. But Alien Covenant was sort of a, I guess, a sort of a sequel to uh, Prometheus. And you know what? It had entertainment value. The aliens did scare me when we turned off the TV and it was time for bed. I was a little nervous to go into like a dark room. That's fun. That's about it. That's why I can't watch uh, The Walking Dead anymore. I've never seen an episode of The Walking Dead. Really? Never, ever, ever. I would say watch like the first season and then you'll feel prepared for a zombie apocalypse and that's enough. That is enough. (laughs) That's all you need to know. I don't don't think people watch The Walking Dead for realism. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't don't know. Zombies just don't appeal to me. I I, I think we rag on it every episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, I just just don't get into those kind of shows. So Tess, what have you been watching? Oh, thanks, Dave. Dave, I was gonna That's a subtly Dave way, Dave <laughs> segue. I don't Dave segue. I was a gonna Dave subtly, way. subtly uh, get Christian to do it because he always is like forgetting. What have I been watching? Well, I have been watching something new and really um, interesting, and I caught it like the last five minutes of it. I walked into my house the other day after the um, ceremony thing uh, for forty eight hour mm-hmm. after the award ceremony. And I, I walked in with all my stuff and my dad was watching this game show and it was like with celebrity guests and and this panel of people and RuPaul was the host. <laughs> Your dad was watching <laughs> something with RuPaul. It's called this game show I had never seen before. I don't know which we have a million channels on the TV now yeah. that we've never had before. So he will like. He'll, he'll be there so for a while. So he's channel surfing. He was you guys just surfing. got like cable he was, TV? No. <laughs> so my dad's like eating dinner. Um, and he's watching this game show that is called Gay for Play. You know, I know your dad. That seems awfully <laughs> odd. Very odd. Right, okay. But so entertaining, and I have not seen a full episode. It was maybe the last 10 minutes of it. And all of the, it was kind of like, I want to say that game show called Pyramid or something, yeah. where a celebrity, yep. like a civilian place yep. for money, yep. but then yep. the celebrities are there to help them as okay. contestants or something. All right. So it's gay and it was pyramid. Like, it was kind of, <laughs> and then they have these. Well, so all the celebrities are um, drag queens. Well, RuPaul is the most famous drag queen in the world, right, yep. and then all these other drag queens you only know about because of his other show, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yep, yep. But it's like so. The show is like a drag queen itself. It's like super flamboyant, and between commercial breaks, they do very like I don't know what time period this this gimmick is from but dancers that come out as they go to commercial break oh, i don't boy. know what and they're they're super gay dancers that like <laughs> they call them it's like a pun on the word gay and dancers i don't know what they call it and they're wearing like these gold like speedos and nothing else <laughs> man it's the golden age of television yeah. and there's it that's was, a family bonding moment I tess like, and her dad watching gay i was like dad play. do you know who that is i'm it's not even who he knows who, yeah it's not even that. It's why is your dad why, watching like, that? Like it's not his type of thing at all. Yeah, but he was isn't. so 
enchanted. He it was hilarious. He was enchanted by the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. And it was so much fun to watch. And I was just like, this is really, really fun. And I want to find it online somewhere and watch more than one episode. I think they're only on season one or something. It might have been the Game Show Network or maybe been Bravo <laughs> or something. I think it's probably Game Show. You know, cause... but it was just like, it was super fun and super weird, but like, delightful at the same time. <laughs> I was like, this oh, is great. Boy. Yeah, just like half our movie. Super weird, and, but super, delightful. But yeah, delightful. Okay. So, um, so that's that's what I was watching for 10 minutes the other day and it just like stayed with me and I was like, I got to talk about this on the air. Not what I thought Tess was going to say. Know. That's caught me off guard on that yeah. one. I've been busy. I've been watching TV, but I walked into my kitchen and gave for play was on. But anyway. Link in the show notes, question mark? Link in the show notes if I can find it. <laughs> I don't know where it's from. Anyway, so now uh, that we have talked successfully about all the crazy stuff that's happening in our lives and on TV, apparently it's all crazy. It's something for everybody. Uh, we're going to cut over to our main topic today, which is uh, tips for producers, essentially. But we'll really be talking about, you know, project management, um, in a film setting, which essentially is what a producer does. Um, but today, as you heard in our first segment, is our guest, Dave Distinti. He Hello. is the essential executive producer of Connecticut Filmworks. <laughs> and, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I've never, the, yeah, yeah. Yep, the yep. man All with the, like, the three letter things that oh, they the ascribe C- to like the. The, the head honcho, the yeah. head of the food chain, CEO, yeah. CEO CFO, Ex- all CFO, those. Yeah, he's got all the gear. Yeah, got all the, got the house that we film in. I, I particularly like the title Grand Poobah myself. Grand Poobah. Okay, we'll have to put that in the in the and, show and notes. See, now the thing Grand is, Poobah. for you youngsters, <laughs> Grand Poobah is from the Flintstones uh, from oh way back. Oh my when. god. Yep, 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 it's vintage. That is that is too funny. Um, but yeah, I think I'll put that in the show notes as your title. All right. Sorry, um, my chair just sank, so I had to replace it. <laughs> did you break it? Yes, it did. It broke. <laughs> like straight up. Okay. Chris, yeah. I don't know how many chairs have you broken now. Listen, I'm losing weight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm five pounds down now. Oh, yeah, good. Congratulations. That's good, good for you, man. It's it's yeah. a start. Yeah, well, I mean, you losing weight is great, but the fact that you lean back in all of your chairs. Is what breaks them. It's not. Right. <laughs> that's why. Can I tell you a like funny this. story about that? Like Go for it. All right. Hair. So my wife, my wife, I guess Christian was over one day and, my, you know, of course, we have these nice dining room chairs because that's just my wife and likes those nice things. Yeah. And they're like farm, think, farmhouse chairs. They kind of remind me of something. like. You know, I, I think. The, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a filmmaker meeting or Connecticut Filmworks meeting. And, uh, you know, the gang was over, the gang leaves, and uh, my wife goes, oh, my gosh, if I saw Christian tilt back in our chair one more time, she was going to yell at him. Oh, my God. Were you tipping back? Those are not chairs that can so, tip back. So the problem it is. might have been different chairs, the older chairs. Maybe. Oh, okay, they maybe. were easier to tip back. It's now yeah. become like a bad habit. Like I it's bad. Like I can't control it. <laughs> yeah. I just do it. It's yeah. a compulsion. And you don't want to be on Babs's <laughs> bad no, no, side. No. Babs oh is my, my wife, God. by the way, Barbara <laughs> Ellen Stewart Distinti. So there you go. Google her, guys. She's a SAG actor. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you, yeah, he's broken. Every time I'm here for a different project, yeah. editing or whatever, he has a different chair for editing. All right, we can because move on. He, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Just, okay. Uh, that'll all be so, deleted out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We shall see. So Grand Poobah. So Grand Poobah, Dave Distinti, uh, is here with us today and- 
as I am a producer for Connecticut Filmworks, I help put together most of our shoots now. Dave has been doing that for a lot longer. Um, and you have had a long, well, I guess it would be called a long career. I, I don't know. You know, because you, uh, you're not very old. So no. <laughs> like, though sometimes Tess makes you know. me feel like I'm really old. Uh, you know, just just for the record, I, I just six... turned 48 years old. Yeah. So okay. And I don't mind. I know that that's not 40, old. He turned 48 during 48, 48 hours. <laughs> 48. Like I saw your brain like squeezing <laughs> to get that compliment. Like, out I of don't that know how to say Because he's not old. <laughs> he's not old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you've had a successful yes. career yep. where yep. you've started started at the bottom and yeah. and go up so yep. just now we at the top <laughs> yeah well audience choice award baby <laughs> grand poobah yeah <laughs> you know it, it, it's being it, it's you know it's interesting i just a friend of mine i went to a party yesterday and he gave me a vhs videotape from oh a God. shoot that <laughs> from 1987 called shoot high aim low and i've been trying to get this vhs tape, tape from this guy for 30 some odd years is this something you filmed yeah we oh filmed this God. with my <laughs> friends that i grew up with and uh i have always been the person in charge of putting something together mm -hmm. and that's just it started way back in 1987 and here i am today it's it's a little bit more elaborate now we weren't using a little vhs camcorder but mm. um you know what? Producing is really important. I mean, it's just yeah. you're, you're putting all these pieces together. Uh, like mm -hmm. a, a movie is like putting the puzzle, a puzzle pieces together. And then eventually yeah. you have a picture. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're missing one of those pieces to make that puzzle complete, then you find yourself, you got a problem. That's the first thing that people see in that picture then. Yeah. Just I mean, it's hole. like the, the hole. And yeah, but like, I mean, it's sometimes I equate it to being like you're, you're, you're ready to, you're like a general of an army and you're ready to storm the uh, battlefield and you got to make sure you have your tanks and all these other things and your soldiers. And you know what? It's, it's so crazy because you just have to have everything all lined up and you just have to make sure you have your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And you have to also problem solve ahead of time. Like, yeah. oh, uh, and this is probably the thing that happens to us the most is thinking um, you may... You, you have to outthink yourself. And the only way to think it's like, you know, somebody says, Hey, we're going to bring in a crocodile. Uh, okay. Well, who's going to handle the crocodile? Who's going to feed the crocodile? What's Where's gonna, the crocodile going to be stored yeah. when we're, and, and when so, we're not shooting the crocodile. And, uh, <laughs> and, and by the way, the crocodile is a metaphor for an infant. We'd once use. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But whether it be a crocodile or an, uh, an infant, a live human infant, <laughs> but it, but the minute you bring in that, I'll call it prop, actor whatever then all these questions just branch out from there and there's yeah. all these things that have to be answered and it's just immediately what hits when somebody says oh i want to go film um i want to go shoot in a bar okay the first thing i'm going to say is oh well, we have all these refrigerators how are we going to keep those quiet are we going to unplug them are we going to put sound blankets on them and you know and that's what pardon me that's just when everything all happens and you just yeah. it's it's trying to figure out all the problems that are probably potentially happen before you get it's on like set. putting out fires before the fire. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's knowing where the landmines are as you try to get from one side of the battlefield <laughs> to the other side of the yeah. battle. My my favorite way uh, to like rephrase that, my professors used to say, it's like you're sailing and you have a hole in the boat. And you have to, you have to, with the Affleck commercial, you have, you have to, with the with, duck, you have to bucket out the water faster than it pours in. <laughs> So but, that you get to the shore. Yeah. Well, and yeah. You, but you know what? It's, it's um, it, you know, so 
And always, 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 and I think probably the first thing when it comes to producing is, okay, we have an eight-page script and we have 12 hours to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that is like, oh, how are we going to do this? And Bunny Bunny was like that. And just, yeah. you know, somebody gives you a, a script that's typed one line. It's, it's very, like, compressed on a piece of paper. It's like, oh, that should be no problem. Like, and then when you put it into final draft, oh, it comes out to eight pages. How are we going to shoot dialogue that? tricks you like that? Oh yeah, it's a mostly yeah. dialogue script. It'll it'll be longer than an like an action script, or than if if like Gilmore Girls, for example, their their show is known for being extremely witty mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. really fast back and forth right. banter. Right. And they said normally a script is um, for an episode that's half an hour long. A script is maybe 30, 40 pages. Theirs were double that length because of all the crazy back and forth dialogue. But this, the episode is 27 minutes long. Yeah. And you got to shoehorn that all into the 27 minutes. Yeah. So we don't know what was cut and the edit bay too. So, well, yeah, yeah. But my point is the dialogue makes it look, I mean, yeah, it still holds up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people read slower. Some people read faster. I know, it's like a, a minute per page, I think you were usually saying. Usually is, yeah. It's but usually. you know what? Some people, you know, you have to take into account dramatic pauses and other things. <laughs> you know, an actor looks over there and, oh, and he's going to wait and absorb that moment. And yeah. you're saying to yourself, oh, man, this is going to take forever. But, <laughs> yeah. That's you know. how it was for the Bond. Yeah. <laughs> the monologue was like a paragraph and it was like a four minute monologue. Yes. And believe me, when I edited that, oh boy, that was a long four minutes. Yeah. But yeah. Alex did a good job. He did a great yeah. job actually. Oh yeah. So um, a project management or being a producer is a lot of, of, as you said, getting all the pieces together. Right. And then, um, and I think an important point is too, for, for those thinking about producing and those, um, you know, trying to learn more about it is you're connecting or you're the connection between the tech guys Mm -hmm. and the creative guys. You know, you go from talking to the, uh, the writer and the writer saying, you know, I, this location has to be like this, this Mm -hmm. event has to happen in this location. And then you go to the tech guys, how are we going to shoot this? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, if it has to be in this location, you're going to need this equipment oh, yeah. because if it's an exterior shot, you need this and all that. So it's a lot of like, it's logistics oh, money. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, but it's also like you're an ambassador. So for instance, you want to oh, go a get a location, metaphor, yeah. right. You know, so you have to try to, you know, get a location or, um, you know, it, it's gosh, it's such a complex job. And I don't think people really realize just how uh, complex it is. And, you know, you're, you're thinking about the big picture. And how all those puzzle pieces fit into the big picture. And um, it's just keeping it all organized. And that's the most important thing is organization. And, uh, you know, I when, when I'm producing something, it's, oh, my gosh, do I have everything we're going to need for the shoot? Or, um, mm-hmm. or it's also tackling an actor who bails on you last second. Oh, my gosh, what do you do? And, you know, I always have, like, uh, what I always say, uh, I got to, you know, what do you um, I got a card in my pocket that I'll pull out, you know, like I know an actor or I might be able to call or it's just, it's mm-hmm. being able to shuffle that whole thing and juggle this project and get it done. So um, I think for our listeners, this may seem a little overwhelming. So my question to you would be is like, what is like a good starting point in setting up this structure and this system for a film to succeed? You, have an idea, let's say you put a, a small script together, mm-hmm. like 
where do you start? How do you break it down? Well, I, for me, I always think big. So like, let's say, uh, you know, we, we have a, like a, a workshop or something where we have this script and, you know, the director, he wants to shoot in a bar somewhere. <laughs> this might sound remotely familiar, but <laughs> so then you say, okay, well think big. We need 20 extras, but you know what? You, you let everybody think big and then you start bringing it down to what is tangible, what you can do and, and still have a, a visual impact uh, that helps deliver the story that you want to tell. Um, and it's, you know, you, you just, some projects are just overwhelming. They really are. And you may need a co-producer. And I'll say Tess is really, really helpful um, because Connecticut Filmworks would not be here because uh, Tess sort of um, handles the day-to-day operations. And I sort of look at the kind of the big picture and we sort of figure out, well, what do we want to shoot? Well, when we find that project, um, it's saying, okay, uh, how do we do this? And you break it down. Is it something we can do? And there's just questions you have to ask yourself. Um, it, can this, is a script achievable? Can we shoot it, you know, can we shoot it at a bar somewhere or do we just shoot it in someone's basement? <laughs> what are the limitations of your resources? But I think one other really important thing when producing is also delegating authority. You know, you just can't do it all. You have to trust people. And, um, and when you start building up a team of people like us, we've been together for about two and a half years, maybe even a little longer than that. And you start, you you know, you get to know each other so well and trust each other that as a producer, you don't take it all on. So, you know, Christian might look for the locations. You might look for the actors. A test might look for the actors. And it's being able to start delegating authority and getting other people to start helping you. I have learned it's not just a head count. A head count doesn't matter. I would rather have four crew people that could do a lot and then they Mm -hmm. can get the project done because people that just stand around, they're not helping. They're They're dead weight. So uh, we have in our group, and again, this is as a producer, we now interview people. And I always say Tess is the good mm-hmm. cop. I'm the bad cop. <laughs> I'm Te- so nice to Te- people. Tess like sugarcoats everything. Oh, we get to do this and we do that and this and that. And then when <laughs> I get a hold of them, it's my job to scare them. And if they decide that, you know what, I may just stick around and try this, then you know what? I think we have somebody um, worth, uh, not worthy because that sounds silly, but how somebody who's interested and, you know, um, if they're self-starters and they're proactive and they can think on their feet, that's a great starting point. And they can learn then how to be the boom guy or audio guy or camera guy. We'll train them for that because they want to learn and they're willing to start on some of the more, um, uh, what do you call it? Some of the smaller tasks. And then they kind of work their way up to the most important stuff. But, you know, it's, it's having energy excitement and wanting to do this. And it's, as a producer, it's having those people, uh, uh, when, you, when you begin the battle, <laughs> having those people lined up on the front lines as we charge forward. Yeah. But it's, it's you know what, it's finding somebody who's really good organizationally speaking. And um, it's, you know, just, you know, and that's, mm. those are the people you trust. Like I trust Tess. She says, oh, I'll, I'll get a, a hundred chimps for something. And somehow or another, she comes up with a hundred chimps for a shoot. <laughs> God, I hope we don't have a hundred need a hundred chips for a chimp for a shoot. But <laughs> I it's got just a baby 20. once. It's just twenty, yeah, or a baby. I yes. got a baby once, so <laughs> yes, you did get a baby. And uh, will you use a camera trick? It will look like a hundred. That baby, by the way, was like handling a grenade during that shoot. It's like, oh, I put it down gently, and it better not cry. And yeah, anyway. So, oh my God! But yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. That was for the bond. The bond, yeah. yes, this. which is on our Connecticut Filmworks uh, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube page. page. Yes, it is. Yeah. Plug. We plug. plug stuff in the middle of the show. That's 
that's a thing we do. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. This podcast never claimed to have dignity. <laughs> exactly. You can't sue us for that. <laughs> Hi, this is Tess Pelicano, and you're listening to Fade In. If you like what you've been hearing so far, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. You can also rate us and leave a review as it helps rank us among other podcasts. Now back to the show. I think something that, Chris, you had mentioned that you wanted to find out um, from Dave, you told me that you wanted to ask him about his leadership style. Right. So. How do you keep people motivated and like get them to to do their job and like get them to fight through their tiredness? Like, um, what what sort of is is like a good way to keep people in the game, sort of speaking? I, I think what's important is I'll call it the monkey see, monkey do principle. Mm. And what it is, if um, you know, we were up for a really long time. <laughs> and, well, and this it's is like important to the it's, hours. It's, Right, but it's important to explaining, you know, in that you know that eleventh hour, and you know, you don't the light at the end of the tunnel is really far away, and you see it, and you know you can get it there, but your crew is just like, God, Dave, what are we going to be doing? We got to move the lights where? And well, it's like you know, but it after twelve hours of no, shooting, and that's like Christian and I only had like two hours of sleep from Friday into Saturday, <laughs> and then shot twenty something hours. Um, and so when you're into that 20th hour and you're like, come on, everybody, we still got to move the lights. We still got to do this. I think it was more like, come I mean, on, guys. Yeah. no, 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 no. But, but here, listen, this is what I think is important. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question about, mm-hmm. you know, leadership and, you know, you got these people that are really tired. And I go back to the monkey see, monkey do principle. Listen, if they see that you are um, excited about this and motivated, no matter how tired you are and you bring in that energy and you try to find that energy deep inside of you. And believe me, you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, are we even going to finish this silly thing? And you just have to say, we have to give it our, our all. And I can cite one moment where I thought this whole thing was going to fall apart, but I kept my energy up and said, all right, guys, just trust me. We're going to move this. We were going to go shoot. Uh, we, I asked Christian and his lighting crew, that was like one guy, Gavin, to uh, <laughs> to move the lights to one side of the family room. And we were like, like thing A, thing B. Right, right. And so they <laughs> start moving the stuff. And then my brain realized in somehow that foggy haze when you're that tired, you know what? This is not going to work. And now they're already moving these big lights and things. And I'm like, guys, we're going to shoot in that direction now. <laughs> so we're going to go to the kitchen now. And Christian is like, what the beep? And... So I'm like, and Christian, I could see was sort of upset, like, oh my God, dude, I'm really tired. This is what's in his brain. And I know it. But I said, uh, and I probably said something like, listen, I know it doesn't make any sense, but we're going to shoot in that direction. And the reason why is because we need, we can bang out five shots here, get them done. And meanwhile, we'll take care of that one shot that could bog us down for an hour. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. And already my brain is trying to problem solve. Mm-hmm. But what was important is, as a leader is to make a decision. Don't um, not waver or waffle. Um, like you want to be confident. Yeah. It's just make a confident decision commit, commit and to commit the- to it. And I think that's really important because if they see you go, well, I don't know. then the crew is going to be like, Oh, this guy doesn't know what the hell or girl mm-hmm. doesn't know what the hell uh, they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you just, when you make a decision, 
be confident about it. This is what we're going to do. And they'll do it. And they, they'll either think <laughs> or believe that he must know what he's doing because he makes this confident decision. And oh, at that point, it was a confident decision because, listen, I'd rather bang out the five shots in that one hour that it's going to take than spend an hour uh, dilly-dallying with lights and like, well, I don't know if that's going to work. Oh, maybe not. And it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. F it. Just get the other stuff done. Mm-hmm. And that totally like came through for me. Like, it's like what we've been talking about previously was that that trust where I was like, okay, Dave, like this, like you know what's happening, and I was just like, I'm just gonna do it. Like when when you started moving the lights, like I kept thinking like, well, that's my job. I should be doing that. And then I got up and did it. Like it. Dave it, Dave tends to take over other people's jobs. Well, on set. But, you know, but listen, I you know Dave what was, Dave was a director on the set, and then and then about half I've been a boom guy. I've been the uh, partial lighting guy. <laughs> he took over we were, producing we were, in the middle of the shoot, and I was like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, but you know what though? That's to get. And I always yeah. use um uh you know getting you know moving the football down the field and getting it into the end zone. And yeah, you know what? I'm going to apologize right now. <laughs> I've taken over the, the boom guy, the producer guy, the director yeah. guy. But it's like in my brain, I'm like, we're not going to get this damn thing finished. Mm. So what we have to do is whatever it takes to get the project done. Yeah. And yes, you know what? I did grab the lights like, <laughs> because you know what? These guys were exhausted and I knew it. And I'm like, you know what? I have maybe about nine volts of energy left, I might be able to get them and move the lights. And I think, and I think, and Christian just mentioned this, that, hey, you know what? They see me like, God, you know, this guy's been, you know, at the helm of this crazy wayward ship. And he's still going, well, we yeah. better, we can get going too yeah. and keep on moving. Yeah. Let's all get our hands dirty together. <laughs> yeah. And just follow him right over the cliff. Like, although we were joking that like, Roughly maybe every hour you take on an extra title in the crew. Um, <laughs> like at the at the same time, like when the director and the people at the top aren't afraid to grab the lights and sort of be like, guys, let's do this. Then it, it is like motivating to, to, to say like, all right, like it's my job. I should be doing this even though I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, it would be a really bad move for me to let these other people uh, and the director move the lights for me. Uh, you push through and yeah. you wipe your eyes, you have a drink you need- of water <laughs> and you go, let's do this. <laughs> but it's important though. You know, when I'm, when I am directing is or when, you know, making those decisions, you know, are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? And you know what? You, you were talking earlier in the podcast about your Batman uh, game mm. and how you have to answer these questions in order to kind of steer the game. Well, as a director and producer, <clears throat> you have hundreds of questions that you have to answer like every hour mm-hmm. and you, you have to answer them because if you don't, then there's somebody, you know, the audio guy may not have the answer he needs and you can't shoot the scene then because mm-hmm. he didn't know how many microphones you're going to need. Mm-hmm. But by just having confidence in your decision-making and just follow through with it and they will follow you because you you just you know what you need to do to get the job done and the mm. crew will back you up and like the directors i know people throw this term around a lot but like the vision sort of carries you through right. in that for like from like sort of getting a little bit of taste of that when i've been in the director's seat like you want to be able to see the film in your head and mm-hmm. then you go all right well this is how i see it, so i'm just gonna stick to that mm-hmm. when push comes right. to shove 
that's that's really good because it it even even though like it may be taxing on people to to get every little bit of that vision done, mm-hmm. it shows people that like you're confident in this turning out well. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. When as a crew member, I think I think there's like a a lot of times on set you're like, oh, I hope this is gonna be good. Right. And you you know and it and it's seeing funny. the belief in you like in this project like that yeah. People. And what's crazy about the 48-hour film project, especially mm-hmm. this, you know, we had a fight scene, which was basically the chunk of the, it was the bulk of the whole short. Um, it's like it was, 50% of the film. About. And <laughs> so, so and it's all storyboarded in handwritten stick figure people storyboards. Those pictures are on our Facebook page. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, great. And I've there's, saved them. There's I've tomato saved them. sauce or well, something but, on one of them. But, but you know what, though? <laughs> what was important about the storyboarding is, and it helped in the big picture, is, um, you know, somebody said, and I'll never forget this. They said, oh my gosh, there's like 21 shots there. And I'm like, hop, 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 hold on. Don't everybody panic. I said, I will take a marker and I will show you that there's really only four setups that we can use. And I'm exaggerating when I say 21 shots, but like these four shots. setups could bang out 15 shots. And I actually put a red highlighter for this is the setup one, green for two, purple for three, and brown for four, whatever, or blue. Yeah. And then when people saw the colors, which was interesting, was all visual. Oh, I see. So that's how we bang out those. So now I have all this stuff in my head. And it's like, okay, next we have to do this. Then we got to do that. And all right, we got to move the lights here. Bup, bup, bup. You have to do this karate chop, this and that. And, you know, it's just like, holy crap. Am we going to get this all done? <laughs> but it's. Yeah, yeah. But, but the added pressure of that pre-production happening on the fly. Yeah. Probably should have happened ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Because of the time constriction. But yeah. you know what, though? It's I knew that we had all these shots that we had to do. And it's keeping it all organized in this crazy, like, just, you know, floating in space. And it's like, all right, we need this. We need that. And making sure that all the puzzle pieces going back to the puzzle Mm-hmm. All will fill in the spaces to make the picture. And yeah. um, I think that speaks to, I mean, for that specific example, you were doing what should have been pre-production yeah, during the yeah. production. Well, but like pre-production, um, you know, is is extremely important in this because when you get on set, you need to know the answer to the questions people ask right, you. You right. can't, you they, want the, you know, you'll have like, the answers already. You want yeah. the film yeah. shoot day to be as mechanical as yes, possible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, so, and yes. yeah. So you want to follow know. the blueprint. And, and, yeah. but you know, it's um, what you were talking about having the pre production uh, ahead of time. You know, we, we on 48 hours, we, you know, we, we already had it a talk possible. with our writing department about this, but. You know, it's like they now know they got to give us like some information ahead of time. And then we could have worked with that information. Right. But I will say to our credit, we knew there was a <laughs> we knew there was a fight scene. We knew it was going to be a Bruce Lee inspired fight scene. So we started doing our homework. We went online and we looked at all these Bruce Lee clips. We recorded them in our phones. So that way, and I knew as we moved our actors through this these scenes, all I had to do was show them this is, this is the hand movements you have to make. And then we're going to cut to this shot. And I think it helped the actors like give them confidence that, okay, this guy sort of knows how we get through this whole thing and Mm -hmm. they'll just follow you and hope you would know what the heck you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And the crew. (laughs) Not always. We did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you have any last thoughts, Chris? 
I mean, uh, you... we pretty much covered it and repeated a couple points too. So yeah. I think I think we got it all. I in. think all this Just, info uh, for our for our listeners um, thinking about producing and wanting to know more about it. I think uh just rule of thumb double your pre-production time. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do 48 hour film you project You can't do too much of it. Yeah. You can never yeah. do too much pre-production. No. Yeah, no. so so that's our final thought. You can't do too much pre-production. No. Do it with all the the things delegated. One other thought is just have people that are working with you. If you can get people that are knowledgeable and know what they're doing, it saves you so much time and aggravation because you can trust them and they'll get what they, if it's a camera person, lighting mm-hmm. person, audio person, it's less you have to worry about. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's great. I think people will get a lot uh, from your uh, tips and, and, and tricks of all of our mistakes <laughs> uh, and mistakes that we're going to keep. And horror stories. And horror stories. Yeah. Forget those. And that, that is what we're here for. So, <laughs> So you can benefit, so you, the listeners, can benefit from our mistakes. Um, well, thank you, Dave, for being on our sure, show today. Uh, again, you you were here season one, so you're, you're a repeat guest. Does that mean it's going to be like another two years before I'm back? Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, the like the listeners will have to find out. We'll see the ratings Might plummet or they might skyrocket. <laughs> yeah, who we'll knows? Uh, and thank you all for listening. You can see all of the films that we mention um, on the show and others that we haven't yet talked about on our YouTube page and all the behind the scenes photos um, and video clips on our Facebook page, both titled Connecticut Filmworks. We will be back next week with a new guest and a new film related topic. So we will see you then. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.